Hello and welcome to Soaring to New Heights. This is your one-stop shop for all things women's footy in the brown and gold. My name is Tim and we're joined by co-host Liam. Liam, how are you going this evening? I'm really excited for tonight, Timmy. We've got a ripper of a guest and uh, let's get down to business. Absolutely, we do. So our special guest this evening is the woman who took the first ever centre bounce for the Hawthorne AFLW team. A woman who won the 2018 VFLW Premiership with the Hawks in the 2021 Best and Fairest and who led the VFLW side for goals, marks and hitouts before being signed up to the AFLW side in 2022. Was the Box Hill VFLW bench coach this season in year 2023. A woman who only needed 10 months to return to full training from an ACL injury and one of the best contested marks in the AFLW and is a member of the newly announced Hawthorne's 2023 Leadership Group. We welcome to the podcast, Tamara Luke. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be on here. No worries. Thanks very much for giving up your time. Congratulations on the leadership role. That must have been a nice little surprise for you. Yeah, it's um, it's always an honour and a privilege when you get voted in by your peers to to lead the group. So we've got a great, um, we've got six leaders in the leadership group this year and they're all um, unique individuals and all bring um, different characteristics that's going to help build and develop this um, young squad at the moment. So it's exciting to be given another opportunity in there and um, with Tilly leading the way, it's, um, yeah, we're in good hands. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, a wonderful leadership group. Obviously, we've got the experience of uh, Tilly and also Emily Bates. And then also we've got the youth as well with Jazz Fleming getting a call up, which is absolutely fantastic. Now, you obviously didn't grow up with an AFLW ba- uh, you know, background, I guess, to aspire to in terms of the way that young girls do now. So can you tell us a bit about your sporting background and how you came to find footy? Yeah, I um, I grew up in country and I had older brothers who played footy and um footy just wasn't available for, for women um, back when I was younger. So um, I used to go and watch my brothers play footy and um, thought, oh, why not? I'll just go and play netball because um, it's always footy netball leagues down there. So I um, started playing netball at about 12 years old um, and just thought, thought that was going to be my career. I wanted to play for Australia. I wanted to do as much as get as high as I could in netball and play as often as I could. Felt like I was playing nearly every night training um, and everything else like that when I was growing up through my teenage years in high school. So um, I ended up playing quite high level of netball, um, and never really thought footy was ever an option for me. I think I filled in, I was talking to Lou Watton about it. Um, she got me down to Eastern Devils and I think it was in like 2009 or something silly like that, um, to have one game and, and I played and I was sore for about three weeks after and I thought I'm never playing this football business again. Um, and then, uh, netball kind of didn't go the right path for me. I got a little bit older. I had a few injuries. I had a chronic Achilles tendinopathy, which stopped me from um, training. And I just played every week. And I just wasn't happy with that from my own point of view. It's not. It's a team sport. And when you're only playing the games, not really doing all the training with the team, I wasn't super happy with, with me doing that um, from a team perspective. So, um, yeah, I, I retired when I was 27. Um, and I thought I'm just going to become this gym groupie who just, you know, goes to group fitness classes and, um, dabbled in a bit of um, velodrome cycling and tried a few different things to see what else I could do out there and um, saw a, a come and try day for Box Hill Hawks. They'd just come into the VFLW program with a new license in 2017. So went down to that come and trial day. I had no footy boots, had no idea what I was doing. Um, and somehow, yeah, Paddy Hill gave me a chance. He always says that I cheated on the beep test. I, they kept trying to kick me out because I wasn't hitting the line. Um, but I just said in my head, I'm not giving up until I'm really that blown up that much that I can't run anymore. So, um, 
he kept me in the squad only for that reason, um, just because I was competitive and I didn't give up. So um, I have to thank Paddy for that because or else I may not be playing footy right now. So um, made the the squad of 40 for Box Hill in 2017 and, yeah, have pretty much played the majority of my footy either through Box Hill or Hawthorne with just a small little stint um, through St Kilda in the AFLW as well. So was a late bloomer definitely to footy and um, still feel like I've got a lot of learnings to do and a lot of skills to still improve on. But, yeah, I'm really enjoying my time. And well, we're, we're certainly thrilled that you've come to the hall. Obviously, the football is objectively a better place now that there is now there are pathways for young women and girls. So, but I mean, yeah, you're, yeah, but you've you are providing an inspiration to so many young girls all around Victoria and, and Australia. So we and we're all really happy to support you with that. Uh, you mentioned St Kilda. You played six games there across two seasons before you returned to the Hawks in the VFLW before the AFLW came along. Um, how was that experience at the Saints? And then how was it returning to the VFLW more with the Hawks as well? Yeah, I I can't speak highly enough to St Kilda for giving me the opportunity. I was um, 31 when I got drafted and I really didn't think um, I was going to get that opportunity. So they selected me as a, a senior player to lead and help develop their young group in, in the first inaugural season for them. And um, unfortunately, the first season didn't go to plan. I played one game, my first ever game I played on Tegan Cunningham. So we um we hated each other after that game and we still talk about how much we were beating each other up on the field. So I played full back and she played full forward. And um, uh, yeah, St Kilda won their first ever game against Melbourne. And um, yeah, it was unbelievable that game. It's still one of the highlights from an AFLW point of view for me personally to play your first game, but also to get it the first win of the club. So um, yeah, I only played one season. I ended up having to have a ghillie surgery um, and the season was cut short with COVID anyway. So first season, I didn't really feel like I got the best out of me. And then second season at St Kilda, I played a few more games, but unfortunately um, was delisted um, due, to, due to being old, unfortunately. So, um, and that kind of, Put a bit of fire in my belly that when someone tells me that I can't do something, I'm going to prove them wrong. And to think now that I'm still playing and I'm 35 this season, I'm probably in the best shape that I've been in my whole life. So, um, you know, any messages for anyone listening out there is don't give up. If someone tells you you can't do it, you choose when you get want to retire. So, um, head down, bum up, sort of thing. Went back to um back to Hawthorne. Beck got I'd actually messaged me the day before I found out I got delisted. So I don't know if she had inside goss about that. But she just messaged me and said was I interested in coming back and playing a bit of footy at Hawthorne in the VFLW program? And um, it's probably the best thing I've ever done. So I got delisted, I think it was the Tuesday and I was down meeting Beck on the Wednesday and I think I played the Saturday. So um, it was an interesting one. I didn't know a lot of the players there. There was only a lot of the girls that I played with the couple of seasons before it all retired. And it was just like Meg and um, Hutchie and a couple of others that were still floating around. And um, yeah, so it was really good for me to get in there as a player that didn't know a lot of the people had to learn the game structures, had to learn what Beck was like as a coach um, and just, and just try to find my love and passion of footy, um, which yeah, I, I really did enjoy my time in that VFLW program that season. We weren't super successful, but um, I enjoyed getting out there and the oppo always trying to beat me up and, and put me off my game. So it really did help me um, to improve my game as well. Um, so yeah, that was a really good opportunity for me just to enjoy footy and, and help, build all the young kids that were coming through the program in that year. Listening to your talk, you can hear that drive and determination in your voice, you know, talking about being cut from St Kilda and then going back to the VFLW program. And then from there, you've ended up back onto an AFLW list through Hawthorne. Can you talk to us about that signing process and how that came about? Did you have an inkling 
uh, that once you were at the, the VFLW team that you might be a chance of getting back onto a list or how did it work? Yeah, it was interesting one because obviously Hawthorne hadn't been given a license yet. So you kind of, I went back to Hawthorne VFLW without any idea that we were getting a license when we were coming in, when the season was going to start. So I just thought just keep playing footy and, and hopefully build um, enough, you know, consistency in my own game and, and just put myself back on the radar. I, like I definitely had Becky in my corner. She, she always says to me like age is just a number and you give up when you want to give up. Don't let someone else tell you that. And that's kind of the same how I feel with it as well. So Beck was always in my corner. I just had to do the best that I could to get my body right. Um, and, and to perform consistently. So, um, I, the team we had, um, the year of all the signings where we were, you know, up towards the top of the ladder and being really, really, um, competitive and winning a lot of games and felt like we probably could have won the premiership that year. I just sat there and cause I was the captain that year and I just saw all these girls just get signed up, which I just thought was fantastic. It's, the best thing to see when you're a captain leading a side that girls are working hard on the training track and and then they get rewarded with an AFLW contract. Um, for me personally, as a mentor and, and for those junior athletes, it's one of the best things that you, you can experience. Um, I just sat in the background thinking, I might be a small chance, but um, you just never know. You just, you can't, you know, someone might say you're a chance, but until you actually get that call or um, and, and that discussion that you can't really say that you're in until that's all signed off. So um, went through the medical screenings, which I was a bit nervous about because, you know, when you've got an older body, sometimes you think they poke and prod, they might find things that think, oh no, she's too old. We're not going to take her. But, um, yeah, Mitch and Beck were, were great in the process and yeah, they signed me up, um, probably midway through the season and, um, yeah, being captain of the side of the VFLW program, like obviously then had to stop playing and to see the team then not do as well as we wanted just because we'd lost, I think it was like 18 players or something like that, which, um, when you train all preseason with that group of girls and you're playing really well and then you get to finals and you get spanked by Essendon, um, that was, yeah, that was quite hard to sit there and watch as the captain. But um, I still feel like that the the development of the girls that stuck around, so, you know, the ones that went through this year, um, they all grew and, and the team was, again, super competitive this season. So I think the, the VFLW program is still in a really good position for future years as well. Yeah, we we covered it quite extensively, as you know, this season. And we um we we really loved watching them. Um, speaking of your leadership, you were captain of the AFLW side, and then you were named to the, our inaugural AFLW leadership group. What was that like? As an honour and an opportunity to be one of just four people named in the first ever leadership group. Yeah, it's um it's you know something that I always I've played in netball sides and always been in leadership groups because it's something that I'm super passionate about is making sure that we get standards up to up to scratch and in particular with a young playing group last year with Hawthorne, like we just had so many girls in year 12, so many girls have never played AFLW and just didn't know um, what standards and where they need to be at. Um, it was an honor for me to be in the leadership group because I can help set that standard and, and set those foundations for future years. Cause if they're doing everything right at 18, imagine what they're going to be like when they're 25, 26 and they've been in the program for seven or eight years. Um, I think it'll just leave Hawthorne in a really good position. And yeah, the, the girl, um, like Tilly, Duff and Lou, who I was in a leadership group with last year, all amazing people. Um, we all see the game differently. We all care for the group differently and we can have those challenging discussions and, and be able to drive the standards. So, um, yeah, it was an honour last year. And again, to see, you know, a few of these players roll into the leadership group two years in a row, it just shows that we were doing the right thing last year. And obviously Duff retired, but um Duff's, you know, always going to continue on to be a good sounding board for me personally around how I can 
continue to be better myself, but also be help um, the team be better. Absolutely. Now, round one last year of season seven, an incredibly special night. Uh, obviously, having a Hawthorne AFLW team take to the field for the first time. And you're among our best players on the ground. Can you talk to us about that night from your perspective? Now, obviously, we didn't get the win, so it wasn't the most ideal in terms of that. But from your perspective about that that evening? Yeah, it was a bit of a build-up as well. Like, you know, Beth got the move to move it to Marvel. Um, and we knew... We knew we wanted to play on a, a ground like Marvel Stadium to get the crowd in to help support us. Like, there's nothing better than running out, you know, that that running up that race and then running through the banner and just hearing like 13,000 people cheer. Um, and the thing that's different with women's footy to men's footy, everyone cheered. It didn't matter which team was running out. Whereas in men's footy, if it's not your team, you don't cheer for that team running out. So the atmosphere was yeah electric. Um, the I yeah had the opportunity to be the first in the center bounce um, and. Um, I still remember that moment, like the umpire just holding the ball up and the crowd just roared and it was the loudest, you know, noise I've ever heard. So it still sits in my memory as, yeah, just this crazy feeling of just, it just felt like, yeah, I was just not even on this planet. And, um, yeah, so it was an awesome opportunity and, and, you know, it was our first game together and some of the girls had only been training with us and especially the year 12s, they train once or twice a week for seven weeks and then they get thrown into play AFLW on, you know, especially like Jazz Fleming and, Charlotte Baskin and that, like when Jazz was running through the middle, she's on Maddie Pasparkas and she's, yeah, Jazz is coming in after seven weeks of preseason. So, um, you know, it was, a, it was a battle out there and we knew we just had to hang in there and, you know, a couple of things that might've fallen our way may have changed the outcome of the game, but we never gave up. Um, and, you know, I, I felt like it for the first ever hit out for the team um, and also to be on Marvel, you know, we, we could have held our, uh, we, we should feel like we held our head high and, and, and did the club proud. Oh, yeah, that, no, no. yeah, sorry. I was about to say that the roar of the crowd uh, when the, the team ran through the banner, I was lucky enough to be out there with my then four-year-old daughter. And she was absolutely amazed, not only because there was a Hawthorne uh, women's team, but then also because of the crowd. And then the, they had the KFC flame uh, flame throwers that were going off at the same time as well. And, you know, there was 12,000 in attendance there, which was a phenomenal effort. And, uh, yeah, the sound when, when the Hawthorne team ran through the banner was, was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, yeah. I think, you know, you, you can never forget moments like that. And that's something that you, you know, every time I go to the Marvel um, stadium now, and I think I've played on this ground and um, it's been, yeah, I won a VFLW premiership on that ground and then to play the first ever inaugural AFLW um, game there as well. Like it's a ground that for me, every time I go there, I'm going to have really good memories from it. We don't have time tonight, but that VFLW grand final, I still remember that game. One of the, my absolute favorite games that I've been to. Um, won't talk about the injury per se, but we'll kind of link it to your professional life a bit. You're an exercise physiologist by trade, one of quite a number of health professionals at the club, actually. Um, how did that play? Did that play any role in your rehab? Do you think obviously it was a long and arduous rehab like it always is from an ACL? But did, do you think your professional background played any role in your rehab? Yeah, like obviously knowing... Uh... Um, work, I'm, I work in a hospital, so it's a little bit different to sports rehab. Um, so yeah, I obviously knew the foundations of ACL rehab and I'm, I'm lucky enough. I work at Etworth Healthcare and their fantastic support of me playing football um, and, you know, taking the time I needed to come back from my ACL. They put me on modified duties. They let, let me be in the hydrotherapy pool all day and float around, which was fantastic for my knee rather than just being on my feet the whole time. So 
from that ability to get my swelling, my pain, my range, and just get me walking well early. Um, yeah, really, really set up my rehab um, to be pushed along really, you know, really quickly. And, um, you know, like I had the ability to be able to access things like blood flow restriction and things that, you know, some athletes don't have the opportunity in the general weekend warrior who's done an ACL doesn't have that opportunity to get that. So, you know, working in a hospital environment like Epworth and, and being able to access those things definitely gave me that little step up and, and I've, you know, got held back from running a little bit longer than I anticipated. And that frustrated me really early on, but it's probably the best thing I did because I was able to get my strength back and I got my strength back um, relatively quickly and, and then once I started running it, you just build up the case. And um, I've pretty, yeah, I've been happy with the way that the rehab process has gone. I've been able to stay consistently on the track. I haven't had any too many niggles and haven't missed a session. I don't think for the last probably four or five months I've been in every session. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I did all the recovery things right. I, you know, did everything. I was in the club three or four times a week and um, just made it my life. As in, you know, the goal was to get another contract, which I was grateful for Hawthorne for putting my name on that list again for 2023 because I, I know I've got something to prove and I'm hoping that yeah now I'm 10 months into my recovery and I'm back training with the full squad I'll have a few weeks and then we'll have practice matches and I should be at full strength and and ready to go come round one. Absolutely and just listening to you talk you can hear about you know, being that consummate professional and wanting to to make sure that you were doing everything right in terms of the, the rehab process. Last week, you obviously got the all clear to go back into that full and unrestricted training. What was that like? Yeah, it, had, um, it was something that you kind of knew was on the horizon because um, I kind of had a return to training plan given to me every month or so. So I had a rough idea when I was coming back into contact and controlled contact and um yeah but then I started joining a few drills with the girls and obviously when you you can't be tackled you run around the outside and you get all these cheapy possessions and you feel like you're you know the best on ground every week because you're getting 50 touches and not getting tackled at all so it was nice to be involved in those drills but yeah getting back into that um competitive contact type stuff and then yeah you know Beck and the team were fantastic to um get me a lifestyle cardboard cutout and almost like a gender reveal balloon um yeah to say I was back in with the main group so um yeah it was definitely an emotional an emotional time that day you know you find out I'm going back into training find out I'm in the leadership group well within about three hours um I got home and, and that night and I was just mentally just fried it was yeah just you know 10 10 months plus of hard work and now that I've been back in with the group for a couple of weeks now, I've I've still got a little bit of work to do just um, from not being on the track. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, yeah, that'll pick up in the next few weeks. And yeah, it's great to be back out there. The team's looking really good this season. Yeah. And how are you feeling for what we hope will be your first, I guess, really your first full season? Because I mean, one game in 10 seconds, you can't really count that as a season with all due respect. Um, How are you feeling for what we're hoping is your first full season? Obviously coming off the knee and, you feeling pretty rare to go for another? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I think the fire to play footy is, you know, you do an injury and especially at my age, I was considering last year to be my final season. Um, and then you do an injury and you, you have time away from footy and you realize how much you actually really miss it and how much you miss the social aspect of it, the competitive aspect of it, but also like the challenge that it is for me of being an athlete. I want to be better. Um, I want to push the boundaries um, and just getting that mindset that oh, I believe I still can compete at the highest level. Um, because if I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't have signed another contract. And, you know, so I've, I've missed footy 
Um, and, you know, being involved in the VFLW program on the bench was fantastic, but I don't think coaching's for me right now. I'm, I'm too competitive. Um, I wanted to be out there every game. I was on the bench in VFLW. I was, yeah, ready to step over the line and just run around and, and you know, and be out there. But um, now that that opportunity's come again for me for AFLW, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Um, I don't have any concerns about playing footy. Um, I don't think about my knee. Um, I just get out there and I train and I have a lot of fun. And yeah, if this is my last season or whether I continue on playing footy in some capacity, I'm just going to make sure I enjoy every moment of it this year. In terms of that competitive nature that you have, how are you best instilling that in that young group of tools that we've got coming in? You know, we've got the likes of Lucy Wales. We've also got Bridie Hipwell. And then we've also got uh, Casey DeMont, who's just come into her first ever season of uh, of footy. How are you able to use your competitive nature to help those girls to be able to continue to grow and develop? Yeah, well, when you're the age that I am, and some of them are half my age, I don't like to lose to the kids. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely competitive in all drills. But I also look at it as a learning opportunity for me and for them, you know, to guide them, you know, what's worked well for me in many years in playing in the ruck or as playing as a tall forward. I'm hoping that I can give them those little one percenters that will help them improve and continue to build. So the kids coming through are huge athletes. Like, you know, um, I can't sp- uh, speak highly enough of all of them. They've all got good good hearts and they've all got brains and they've got their heads switched on that they want to work hard and, and, and be the best of their ability. So, um, when it comes to training and stuff, yeah, I don't let them win. That's for sure. Um, and yeah, there's nothing better than me challenging them and questioning them what they're doing. And, and you know, um, I am a pest at training. Um, I think Pendles will tell you that. I always ask questions, challenge the thoughts and processes and patterns that she's thinking about. And um, with the hope that, yeah, she then will bite back and give me something and um, that will help her grow because on game day, you know, I'm not going to be barking in their ear or people might not be barking in an ear. And that that's what I hope is that we can build their footy IQ and then they can do it themselves and, yeah, and just dominate the competition. Yeah, will and has. Um, yes. Our first ever interview was actually with her and she said exactly that about you. So, <laughs> Yeah, I thought so. She hates when I ask her heap of questions, <laughs> but it's good. So um, we've recruited... Rather well this season with priority signings, draft draftees, and and a rookie as well in case Dumont. Um, how have, have how have they all made? What kind of impression have they all made on you? And have any of them stood out to you in particular? Yeah, it you know we actually when you look at when we went to the draft and also the pre signings that we got, you know, Batesy obviously elite um, and has come in and he's driving the standards on the track. He's a work course like I've never seen someone who pushes themselves so hard on the track in running um to get to contest in skill development in the gym um and you know she's someone that our midfield will grow a lot from this year like I just look at Jazz Fleming Charlotte Baskerin and that like they've got the the best player in the league to learn from so you know the development they've already made in this preseason I can't see I can't wait to see what they can do in season um you know we look at people like Christy Stratton, who's already been on an AFLW list. And Strata has worked so hard in the last 12 months to get her that opportunity to get another contract. She's fit. Um, she's fiery on the field. Like she tackles hard. Like we'll be doing drills where she shouldn't be going 110%. And she's going, uh, you know, and she's going that and filing drill of being everyone into the ground. And, you know, I, don't, I can't remember how many goals she kicked at Box Hill in VFLW, but she would have nearly been our leading goal kicker as a, a small forward, um, her goal sense is unbelievable. So 
Um, I, I, I can't wait to see what Strata can do. She's played at this this level before and knows what it takes, but I think she's a, a 10 times better player than what she was when she was at Collingwood. So I think everyone should keep an eye out for Strata. Um, but the, the person that I've been really surprised at and probably um, don't notice too much, but her work rate and ability to find the goals is Greta Bodie. Like I knew she was at Brisbane. I knew she was a great player, but I watch her train, her running patterns, her ability to win the footage, her marking, her skills um, is just elite. Um, so yeah, to have her in the forward line in, a forward line where we already had some speedsters um, and, and those that knew where the goals are. But, yeah, she's another little weapon for us. And, um, yeah, I'm so excited to see what Greta can do this year. You know, probably will fly under the radar as the Brisbane recruit, you know, with Batesy coming down with her. But um, no offence, Batesy, but I think Greta's going to, yeah, really, really be uh, one of our better players this year. And we've got a new, uh, I guess, a new coaching group that we can look at for this season, obviously. We've still got Beck as head coach. We've still got Lou and, and still got Dave McKay that are there. But then we've also got uh, Benny Cav, who's come in and taken over the role of backline coach. Uh, we've got Maxie Lynch, who's just come in as one of the development coaches. And then we have Alana Thomas, who was uh, a former Wallaroo, who's come in as, uh, I guess, a tackling coach as well. What's the energy like amongst the new coaching group? It's great um, to have someone like Benny Cav come in, who obviously has done his knee himself and, you know, he has stepped in and he's going to be our backline coach. Now, obviously he was a forward majority of his career, but his knowledge of the game is unbelievable. Um, I generally pull him aside and have a chat about anything and everything related to footy. His, um, his ability to build rapport with the playing group. Um, we give him a bit of slack. He's only tiny. He's half the size of me and, um, He's, he's camera shy. He loves being in front of the camera um, for the media. So, um, yeah, Ben's been a huge asset for us and and his ability to read the game, understand the game and assist and, and, and direct. I think he's a teacher by trade. So his ability to communicate is huge for our playing group. Um, yeah, Lynchy, who announced his retirement today, um, he's a ripper. Um, I, yeah, have got a lot of respect for Lynchy. He's doing a lot of rut craft and, and, and being um, a tall working on my marking and my hands. And he's at every training. He's always pulling me aside, getting me to do extras and he's invested in the program, which, you know, the girls just love, um, you know, when you see a player who obviously is having his own challenges, but then just put all his energy into helping the, um, the AFLW program. Yeah. That's just, yeah. Something we really admire about Lynchy and he's a good character. Um, if you haven't got him on Instagram, check out his Instagram. He loves making videos about himself. So he's a good character. And then yeah, Lana coming, you know, when Beck said, we've got a, a rugby coach coming in to do tackling. I thought this will be interesting. Like I got to see people running head on at each other, but Alana's ability to teach her the correct technique. Um, I did a lot of one-on-one -on -one work with her before I joined the main group and it's actually nicer to be tackled by a rugby player than an AFLW player. I can tell you that now you fall. It's like you're landing on a pillow when you come down from a tackle <laughs> like that. So um, Alana's great and and she's invested in the program. She she wants to develop herself outside of it. You know, she feels comfortable doing rugby coaching, but coming into an AFLW program, like that's going to be a challenge in itself to understand the game and, and how things go about it. But yeah, the group has really embraced what she's trying to teach us and in women's footy, obviously tackling and safety is really important. And um, yeah, she's, she's doing everything she can to make sure that we're in the best position to be tackled, but also to tackle others and, and in a safe way. So yeah, it's been, they've been all great additions yet yeah, to the coaching panel. Yeah. And I mean, these coaches play a big role in developing players. Are any players who have stood out to you in terms of their progression from season seven? Um, I, I thought she's, 
um, Jenna Richardson has probably been, I know she's not one of our younger ones. She's 21 now, but she's new to AFLW last year, missed half the season um, with an injury last year. And and I've watched um, Richo develop from the AFLW program, hoping she'd get a contract, you know, three or four years ago to teams overlooking her consistently. Um, she's a rebound defender. She could play on the wing. She could play anywhere on the ground. Um, and, and she's an asset to our team. Her intercept marking and ability to read the play is next level. She's put in huge off season, has really bulked up and, um, you know, she's running around doing GPS data of, you know, her sprints efforts and her max velocity and everything else. She's running at M Bates's at, um, her quota. So Richo's actually, I'm, I'm primed. Can't wait to see what she can do this season. So yeah, she's been someone that I've been um, watching and, and really trying to pump up. Like when, when you're young, you generally don't like to pump your tires up as much and, and you don't want to look like you've got an ego, but yeah, Richo's been fantastic this preseason. So definitely keep an eye out for Richo. Now, recently the fixture came out and we've got quite a, a challenging fixture this year. Uh, we've got five final teams from last season that we'll be playing uh, and it includes both the grand finalists as well. Has the team embraced the challenge that this set of games is going to bring to them? Yeah, we want to compete against the best teams in the league. We don't want to be put against the teams that finish down the bottom every time and feel like we're, we're you know, we're winning all these games when... If we want to be the best in the league, we have to play against the best in the league. So the opportunity this season that presents to us is that we're playing Brisbane when we're playing Melbourne, who were in the grand final last year. So um, we had we got to play Brisbane last year um, and it was great learning for all the players. We all left the track and they all said, we want to be like Brisbane. We want to be better. And that's where everyone's put in the big off season. Everyone's got stronger, um, been working on their skills so that we can be more competitive this year. So, um, you know, we want to be ferocious in nature offensive into like everything we do we want to aim to kick 12 goals a game we want to you know be as competitive as we can be so give us the best team so we can see where we're at yeah well we um yeah we really can't wait for the season and we're really looking forward to watching you back out there so thanks so much guys i'm looking forward to it and make sure everyone gets down to frankston round one like i don't think we'll be able to move it to marvel again but yeah if we can we want we want Frankston to be our fortress. We want um, all our home games down down there to be you know sellouts and and having our Hawks supporters there. And um, it's not that far to Frankston. I know it feels far, but yeah, if you get down there, we'll make sure we win for you. And um, yeah, and just yeah, embrace embrace playing footy again. That's probably our biggest thing. You know, with with when you haven't played for twelve months, for me personally, to go out there and play one game will be awesome. But I can't wait to play ten this year and and, and just see what this group can do. If I'm coming down from Canberra, you've got no excuse. All right, Liam, done. <laughs> All right. So before we finish up this episode, Liam, we'll just talk about our socials. So if you jump on Twitter and Instagram at HFC Saw or at Soaring New Heights on Facebook, we can practically smell the season at this point. We're getting incredibly ready to ramp up the frequency because we can't wait for season eight to begin. So stay tuned because if you want to talk anything about Women's footy in the brown and gold, soaring to new heights, is your one-stop shop. Yep. In terms of talking Hawks, Timmy, you and I apply a bit of our trade there. Men's and women's discussions are plenty. Content bonanza about the men's program at the moment. When the women start up, we'll be, you and I will be doing some coverage over there as well. But, yeah, we we can't wait for the season. It's 32 days at the time of recording, 30 or 31 of the when this goes out. So let's get this party started. Absolutely. Thank you very much for giving us your time tonight, Tamara. We certainly appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you hopefully out there in round one for the clash against Essendon where hopefully we can get the chocolates this time and 
know, give them uh, something to think about for the rest of the season. Thanks for having me, guys.